Hello and welcome to the Executive Leaders Network podcast. Today you're going to hear from Paul Bloomer and Barry Phillips. Paul is a police constable within Northern Ireland's police service, and he's representing their gay pride group. Gary is the chief executive officer of Legal Ireland, who are a multi-award winning workplace compliance company. Together, they will answer questions and set out their recommendations of steps that your business can take to become a truly diverse and inclusive organization. So, Paul, I have a question for you, and I'd love if you could maybe give a response as well, Barry, but it's coming in specifically for yourself, Paul, and from Maxine Williamson. Did you approach people to be allies, or did you actually ask people to come forward? Bit of both. Um, We had... At the, at the very early days, we didn't we didn't have an allies program, and what really showed me the value of that was Chief Superintendent Emma Bond. In advance of Pride last year, she called together all the the staff networks, and she did so much to empower me and raise me up. Uh, it just showed me the value of of what an ally could actually do. So whenever it came to Pride, she engaged with. Um, the, the women's network, she engaged with other senior leaders in the organization and helped bring them in to support us. And I knew then that we had to do this constantly. We had to make this a, a focus of our activity was engaging allies and empowering them because in turn they could help and empower us. So it's a little bit of both. Um, sometimes we approach people and say, will you be our ally? And sometimes we have people coming to us and saying that they'd like to be one. Um, but allies make up the majority of our network. Actually, um, well over half of our network is, is actually allies. Fabulous. And how, how would you go about it, Barry, being able to get that diverse? Yeah, um, well, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? On the one hand, you'd, you'd want to ask the volunteers because any, peop- any person that is stepping forward is, is likely to already understand what it is that you're trying to do and um, that's a big uh, plus and a big helping point but equally and Paul and I were were talking about this um, just before we we went on stage it's important to get after people that don't fully get DNI and um, it's important to to bring those people into the activity so um, I think as Paul has said a combination of of both of those um, is probably the, the ideal mix. Um, but, you know, there's the danger in DNI that we just talk to the converted all the time. And uh, we need to get to, to people who don't get diversity or are actively resistant to it. Those are where the big scores are to be had here. So every opportunity, I think we need to go for them. I think sometimes it's also there's a lot of tacit support out there as well for these for these types of things for diversity and inclusion for LGBT. There's a lot of people out there who are just you know they have the will but they don't necessarily have the voice. And sometimes, like I say, if you can empower them and raise them up and make them realise the the influence and the positive effect that they can have, you'll you'll find that people will come on board as well through that. Um, Can I just ask, what's really the difference, Paul, between an ally and a member, or is it one of the same thing? So a a member of our network would be a full, like an an LGBT person, somebody who identifies with the LGBT community, and an ally would be somebody who is, is heterosexual but wants to support their LGBT colleagues. 
Okay, so essentially being a member, you are you are a member of that community. Yes. Okay, perfect. But not all of our allies are heterosexual. We what we've found is that some people will join the network in a kind of a stealth stealth way. You know, they they are LGBT, but they don't want to be they don't want to out themselves, so they'll join as an ally just to feel like they're a part of it. So we have that as well. So it's always really important that we include allies in our conversations as well as our full members. And Barry, I loved what you were saying. Oh, I mean, I think we haven't got as many questions for your session because people's mind is blown. Um, I, and I think it's all about the, the challenging of things. I was so interested when you were talking about actually embracing those diverse groups and getting them to be more effective as opposed to actually having the homogenous group. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? How do you actually balance that autonomy of thought that's at the heart of great organizations and, and for people to be rowing together with, while also having people who are going to be, um, you know, questioning the status quo? Yeah, it, it's a really difficult one, but I think organizations that do it well can, can really get um, competitive advantage very quickly. And a lot of it, I think, is down to meeting styles. And that, that was why um, I was um, talking about the Nancy Klein book. I don't know, have you read a Nancy Klein book? It's an, it's an extraordinary book and it's 20 years old and I wonder whether it's finally come of age now because it really does set out some really um, great ways of encouraging everybody in a meeting um, to contribute and there's lots of different techniques that it, it, it sets, sets down and um, it's a, a great way of just hearing sorts of things that ordinarily you, you wouldn't expect to hear in a meeting by just changing the dynamics of a meeting. And, you know, we do have to fight or be very conscious of dominant styles in meetings because they do so much damage to the opportunity or, or the chance of, of tapping into the diversity that might be around a table. And I think it is a very good place to start in meetings and then look more culturally um, at a more macro level in, in terms of how you start um, going against dominance, either from a structural top-down level or at a meeting level. And meetings online do give us that opportunity because, you, you know, you can mute somebody after five minutes if they're talking for too long. Um, and you can say, it's somebody else's turn here. And um, they talk about the hippos in a meeting, the highest paid persons, I forget what the O stands for, officer or something like that. And, you know, they tend to take over the meetings. But really what you want to hear from is the fresh pair of eyes. The people who are coming in and saying, well, actually, you've done it like this. And you've been doing it like this for, eight, for ages. Um, why can't you do it like this? That can be, you know, really powerful. I, I love that idea. And maybe, Barry, could you mention a little bit more about the DNI forum? I, I As you know, I love a stage. Any yeah. excuse to come and chat? Well, um, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that for me. Tell us more. Tell us more about where, yeah. when, how do we get involved? We, we set this up um, primarily because um, in COVID, everybody going online, we thought there's an opportunity here. And I've always felt that there's an awful lot we need to talk about that we're not talking about. And there's an awful lot of, as Syed would say, bubbles in Ireland, both in the south and in the north, 
people just um, existing in bubbles and they just don't get to meet people in different communities and online of course there is that opportunity so we've devised the DNI forum to try and get um, people just talking about um, the, the subjects that I think we should have been talking about for a, a long time ago but also getting people mixing who ordinarily perhaps wouldn't meet each other and um, we've had four or five meetings and it's growing all the time we've got experts coming in from outside of the jurisdiction which is important too so you know it gives us um, a different international perspective as well um, and we've got some really interesting speakers and, and topics and um, how you join that if you just um, have a look for Legal Island uh, LinkedIn profile on my own um, you'll see a link to the DNI forum and we'll also send that in the um, email following this event as well if you wanted to join online it's free it take place takes place once or twice a month on a Friday afternoon for an hour I think it's great lots of people seem to think it is too so please join it'd be great to see you there as you know Barry I love the fact that we always get into great conversations but we have never agreed I don't think on anything yeah. I love it yeah. um, and one last question for you Paul as well um, how and I, I think I think you're really the best person to be able to actually respond to this how can you approach setting up an, an affinity or an ally group from the bottom up um, so you know you're you're the lowest rung of the ladder how can you actually get the conversation started from being the lowliest of the low you know does it always have to go and come through HR and senior leaders how can you do it when you're not a leader when you're at the lowest rung of the ladder well th that was certainly the perspective that that I be coming from I'm a constable you know that is the lowest rank in the PS and I sorry but, but it's, it's, it's okay it's okay but like I mentioned Emma Bond earlier, and one of the things she said to me is never underestimate the ability that you can have to affect positive change. And that's what I would say to anybody at, the, at that sort of the grassroots level. You have a connection to the community. You have cultural competence that that doesn't exist maybe in the higher echelons of the organization. So how do you reach that? You're just senior allies, senior champions are a good way to do that. Pick somebody who you know gets it, somebody who you think is um engaged enough with the community try and reach out send emails the other way that you can do it um i would say building an allies network um you really should have your ally profiles out there so try and have people that are that are interested in in being allies get their profiles out on the internet saying well this is why i'm an lgbt ally this is why i feel like it's important to stand up for lgbt people that having that out there having that messaging out there will empower lgbt people to come forward and help continue on the work and it's like a snowball effect the more you do the more you gather and the more momentum you can gain fabulous and another one for you paul as well do you feel that the network has actually made progress um within that organizational change and cultural change piece um and do you think there's anything specific that you could attribute this to or is it a combination of everything that we've talked about and are you trying to measure success um through the network i know that isn't always what a network does but some try that mm -hmm. yes so what we have we affected change within the organization? I think yes. I think there's been um, a change in terms of um, 
there was always a reluctance i felt you know being um, being lgbt in the police from 10 years ago to where we are now there was a reluctance for senior leaders to be seen to be associated with anything to do with lgbt it was seen as a political issue it was seen as something that would just cause difficulties if they if they um lent their name to it and i think what we've done is is actually shown that that's not necessarily the case to showing that like for instance acc gray is our senior champion um, showing that she can be out there and supportive of us. It doesn't harm her career prospects. It doesn't harm us. It actually empowers us and it does it does good for the organization as a whole. And it's what the public want to see. As for metrics and how we measure ourselves, we use the Stonewall um, Workplace Equality Index. Um, the PS and I have signed up to that and there is a section in that which monitors the performance of the network. And we're very much on a journey, but we are very much on a progressive journey. Like things do seem to be improving culturally within the organization. And also, and like I say, we measure that through the responses that we get to the Stonewall Index, and they do seem to be heading in the right direction on that. And of course, you're including, um, you know, LGBT, all of the various alphabet soup people with disabilities yeah. also, of course. Yeah, now, of course. Barry, a question for you, and I suppose it's kind of connected in the same way. Have, did you come across any, any examples there of, of what, what elements within your quick wins, what elements actually can, can get that, that organizational change and cultural change happening? Yeah, um, great question. Um, I think, you know, we can start with nudges because they're not a bad place to start. Everybody can do a nudge. So, you know, even if we just started by Googling um, inclusion nudges, um, everybody can have a five um, set of five nudges that they can think, okay, we're going to practice now and how this is part of our behavior and our activity. Um, as we all know, um, it's all very well saying something and pointing out something to somebody, but the hardest part is actually to get um, change of behaviour. And that's the real thing that I think we're lacking in DNI at, at the moment, certainly in the training space, is changing behaviour. So I think if we're serious about DNI, I think the trainers and the owners of organizations need, need to be thinking about how we change the behavior over time of employees. But individually, we need to be asking ourselves that question, how do we change our own behavior here? And the good news is there's, there's lots of information out in terms of how we do it. There's um, been a big book out that you might have seen called uh, Tiny Habits, um, in, in which um, an author in the States is, is, is advocating a way that we can do it. And um, you've heard of others and saying it takes 66 days to change a habit and it requires a lot of application and a, a lot of work. So I think perhaps focusing in, in that space is something we can all do and we can all start seeing immediate returns on, albeit, you know, uh, gently. Um, I've got a question for Paul. Would you would you mind if I, I um, throw a, a question to Paul? Is that all right? Or is that of course. Off you go. Paul, um, it's about pride in Northern mm -hmm. Ireland. I am really pleased that pride happens in Northern Ireland. I think it's very important. But I don't march 
and in pride because I, I have a reservation about it because I wonder whether for the people that live in the north here and you know we're a conservative bunch it's a bit loud sometimes it's a bit in your face and it's a bit too much for some people now I'm just curious have you ever worried that it's a bit too much and it's a step too far too quickly for us here in Northern Ireland? Great question. No. <laughs> no, is the short answer. And the the reason why so I think that sometimes this can be motivated like people's reservations around this can be motivated a little bit by unconscious bias at times. It can be a little bit of the a little bit of the internal shame of being of being associated with LGBT. LGBT people weren't swept along in some uh, tide of progress. We had to fight for everything that we got. We did every single right, every single event. Pride itself was a struggle. It was something we had to fight for. We weren't given these things. Um, so I, I think it's really important for LGBT people. And it's a day, it's the one day of the year that we can really celebrate and really be ourselves because so much if you look at the government's um, LGBT survey, over a quarter of the LGBT population in the whole country feels that they can't hold hands in public. So pride is that one day of the year when people feel safe that they can fully express themselves. So maybe there's 364 days of, of, of internal repression that just bursts out in one day. And maybe that is a little bit loud and a little bit, um, you know, annoying for some, but tough. It's one day of the year and that's our day. So... That's that's my kind of thoughts on it. Yeah, thank you. Great answer. Thank you. Fabulous question, Barry. Thank you so much. I think your answer is brilliant, Paul. And I was thinking along the same lines. You know, Pride was the subversives, the 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 you know those people that were definitely outside the box. So mm -hmm. I, I love what you had to say there. I've often found as well that sometimes there can be sort of conflict between different um, resource groups or strands of DNI. Mm -hmm. How do you manage that? Or, or or do you at all? Barry, what do you think? Paul, what do you think? Jump in. Do, do you mean like in terms of like, for instance, um, Black, Asian, minority, ethnic inclusion versus LGBT? I'll give you an example okay. to demonstrate it. It was the day before the marriage equality referendum down here in the South, and I was talking at a disability event. And all of the Pride people from the Pride group were at the bottom in their rainbow t-shirts, really annoyed because we stole their stage. One of the guys that was presenting with me came out and, and he came on stage and he said, I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out about my disability. Well, the pride group at the back of the room went crazy. And all of a sudden, the pride group, the disability group, came together to make a much stronger advocate for change in the organization in general. I, I, I talked a little bit about this. I touched on it very briefly in my presentation. If I had I had more time, I would have expanded on that. But absolutely, like I said, intersectionality is massively important. LGBT people are rarely one thing. I also live with a disability as well. I'm partially sighted and I have uh, a few other things going on. So yes, I'm not just a gay man. I'm not just a, a bisexual person. I'm not just trans or whatever that whatever I am. I am a whole range of things. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge the full human experience whenever it comes to diversity and inclusion, that it isn't a zero sum game, that it isn't, um, well, one, you know, we don't have to prioritize groups. We can look at it at a holistic, a holistic way and try and raise up whole groups of people at a time. I think it's really important.
Barry, what advice would you have for organisations who are thinking, oh, we'll just focus on the LGBT side of things because that's way sexier than disability, right? Mm. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. Um, you know, at the moment there are nine grounds at least, I suppose, and the, 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 there's others that you could be working on as well. And um, where do you start and um, what sort of strategy do you have? Do you sort of um, shift the focus of the light on different ones every year? It, it's difficult to know. Um, and each of them is screaming loud for attention and um, particularly disability because the, the amount of people in um, Northern Ireland that are disabled and looking for work but not in work is, is shockingly bad. It's really unacceptable. So, you know, every group has a, a, a claim for immediate attention and, and work. But I think the important thing is for organizations to at least do something on a specific level but in, in terms of um, DNI on a more general level is to, to make sure that it is um, embedded in an organization and as Stephen Frost has talked about and, and says that it's part of a methodology rather than it's a nice thing to have and it's a bit of window dressing because we should have left the window dressing period behind long ago. I'm not sure we have. No, the recession brought it back to the fore. But you know what I need right now and what my disability needs right now is food. Food. Well, I think we're here. Um, <laughs> Your bananas and tinfoil hats. I had no idea where you were going with that. Thank you guys so much. Huge round of applause from everyone at home. Woo! Thank you so Thank much you. for your talks so so mind-blowing and for your contribution and your questions as well today thank you so much and we'll see you later in the networking area thank you for listening for more information on the executive leaders network please visit our website www.elnevents.com